Alyssa Merrick paced the hall at Merrickwood, too restless to sleep. She blinked at the electric lights burning in the sconces. She just couldn't get used to the artificial brightness. They'd lit them before sometimes, but now that Baron Dalton had taken over her family's estate, it seemed that every day some new luxury was revealed. Even her dresses were new. The fabric was strange, thin and shiny. The clothes Dalton had sent for from Lotharin felt odd against her skin. She preferred her simple tunics and leggings made of soft cotton and wool. Wearing these short dresses and clinging tights made her feel exposed and like she was pretending to be something she wasn't. At least Dalton had stopped insisting she wear her hair intricately styled like the girls did at court. With so many pins, her head ached. No, now he allowed her to keep her one simple braid. Dalton seemed to love everything about court. He boasted that he was a favorite there, and he was never without the jeweled enamel pin that he stroked whenever he spoke of King Jerris. It always sat on the lapel of whatever shining jacket he wore. Tonight, he'd worn a suit of sapphire blue, and the blood-red enamel of the pin had stood out like a stain. She'd wondered about the pin since she'd first seen it. It was round and about the size of a dollar coin, and a two-handled goblet with a five-pointed crown above it sat in the middle. It was ringed in gold. It signified something, but he'd never bothered to explain it. She wasn't going to ask him and invite more glowing tales of his life at court, though. Dinner had been another extravagant affair, and that was something she would never get used to. She'd been raised to make do with what foods were left after reaping season, working with the servants in the kitchen to stretch and substitute to see Merrickwood's people fed. Now she was forced to sit beside Dalton and eat fancy foods she couldn't name, and drink wine she had no taste for. After dinner, he'd sat with wires plugged in his ears again, listening to his apple square. He made her try it the other night, but listening to music without the players present made her head buzz. He was obviously proud of it, another artifact from before the wars, since he'd proudly told her it was a recent gift from the king. The soldiers relaxed in the hall now, drinking more of Merrickwood's wine. Laughter burst out now and then, and she knew it was because Dalton wasn't present. He seemed to keep everyone in line when he was around. He was much younger than her father, maybe around thirty years old, and she wondered how they'd become friends in the first place. Despite his age, he was very commanding, lean and tall with those intense black eyes of his. She couldn't stand to feel his gaze on her for longer than a minute. But the Merrick soldiers were chosen for their amazing physical strength. It was weird that they were afraid of him, too. The house looked unfamiliar in the electric lights. The polished stone floor beneath her shoes shined, and the newly plastered walls glowed white. Plates of silver along with a few more artifacts from the king sat on tables and shelves. She glanced at a chunky black and red fob holding metal keys that hadn't opened anything in over a hundred years. It sat next to a flat box with leaded buttons that spelled nothing she could figure out, but neither thing interested her. Her home felt very different from just a month ago. The decorations, gadgets, and lights weren't the only reasons. Her father was gone, and for her it felt like the heart was taken from Merrickwood. He'd drowned in the deep lake on the property, but his body wasn't recovered. She was in a permanent state of mourning and unable to put him to rest. She'd had sixteen years with her father's love, from the moment he'd held her in his arms or so he'd always said. 
She couldn't believe she would never feel Papa's arms around her again. Alyssa! She heard her little brother Thomas call. She turned to see him standing at the bottom of the curving staircase and her heart seized. He looked so much like Papa. She'd been told she favoured him as well, with the same auburn hair and brown eyes. But looking at Thomas made her heart ache for her father all over again. She walked over to the little boy. Thomas, you should be in bed. He rubbed a hand through his messy curls. I was asleep. He stared up at her, his eyes round. I heard something. The soldiers are loud, but it was like that before. Not the soldiers, he said. Something else. She bent down to hold him, stroking his back as he hugged her waist. What did you hear, love? Whispers, he said, his voice muffled against her belly. He was trembling now, seeming much younger than his six years. They were dark. 